0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Prugar, and let's dive into the running back's room at Penn State. Coach by WanSider, Snyder, who is um, on on a couple lists to be a head coach uh, with the firing of Doc Holliday. At Marshall, Cider looks like he might be an option there with strong West Virginia ties, uh, both at West Virginia University and also as a former coach at WVU, or at, at Marshall, sorry. Um, it's very possible that if he were to want a step up and be a head coach, he that would be an option for him down the line, or, or in, even relatively soon. But Sider has never, at the collegiate level at least, been an offensive coordinator yet. I'm not sure if that's something that he is looking to do. But at the same time, when when money tops, you just never know. Now, Sider is a, an excellent recruiter. He, he hammers Florida like no other and has done a very good job uh, bringing that talent to Penn State. So I think that's huge. Losing him would be crippling, I think, to the running back's room. But also to the program as a whole, um, he picked up right where Charles Huff left off as a running backs coach, and really they didn't miss a beat. Uh, I think Franklin that was a home run hire for him back at the time, and it is proven even more so. He's a guy that has guided this this group, this position group. You know, you look at it three hundred and sixty five days ago. You know, in twenty twenty, you look at the at the running back room, and you see Journey Brown, Devin Ford, Noah Kane, Ricky Slade was still at the room at the time, and then he then he left to go to Old Dominion with Ricky Ronnie. Um, and then you have the two incoming freshmen, freshmen that, uh, and Keziah Holmes and Kevon Lee, and you're like, okay, well, this is going to be a pretty good running back room. You know, even if, if Holmes and Lee, you know, take that redshirt year, this year, obviously, that doesn't really come into effect. But you, you have them learn behind those guys for, for a year or so before they are ready, and it's, and it's a great situation. Well, you fast-forward, and Journey Brown retires. Noah Kane gets hurt on the first drive, so now Devin Ford, your third-string running back, is your first-string running back. Your fourth- and fifth-string running backs are now the second- and third-string running backs. And it's just a situation that's really not conducive to a lot of success early on, and, they, and it didn't happen. Um and, and behind the offensive line, you know, up until they they switched, uh, Will Freeze up front, you know, it it, it really wasn't and I it wasn't ideal. It it wasn't going very well for them, obviously, as they lost the first five games of the season. But in that time, you know, you you find a, find out a lot about yourself, and and Penn State did that, you know, with with Lee and Holmes, they really came on strong, especially Lee. Lee proved it that he was ready for the spotlight. He had. Um, he had a great year finishing as Penn State's leading rusher as running back. And, you know, that's huge as a freshman. He comes in and and the moment isn't too big for him. And once they figured it out offensively, man, they took off. And and that's huge for them moving forward. But it also creates a lot of problems. Because as talented as last season was, going into to next season in 2021, you have that talent. But that talent is starting to push some of those older guys out of the way, you know. When you have a Journey Brown, it's it's a little different because he's an older guy. You have a Devin Ford; he's a pseudo older guy. But now you've got Hyman Lee, who's pushing t- who's pushing for for starting reps over Ford after twenty twenty, and you have Holmes, who's right there, just outside of that of that mix. You know, as, as a change of pace guy, and and you still have Noah Kane, who was hurt. Against Indiana this year, and and he didn't do anything to lose his starting position, um, by any means. He got hurt on the first drive, season-ending injury, and and here we are. So there's there's got to be, you know, some 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 give and take here, and I think what will be interesting to see is is how the transfer market impacts them. Obviously, they've already picked up a John, uh, John Lovett from Baylor, who had eighteen hundred plus yards in four years uh, with the Bears, but. So so you bring in a, a savvy veteran as a change-of-pace guy, in my opinion. Um, how they deploy him, I think, is going to be anybody's guess. And it really depends on how the rest of the offseason goes. Because I think if there's anybody that would lo- be looking to transfer, I could see it being a Holmes type or even a Devin Ford. Because you look at Ford, he missed time with personal and family issues, uh, family emergencies this year, and then didn't play the rem- the last three games of the season. So you have that you know in the in the back of your your mind and i think out of all of them you know you you know love it is a change of pace guy devin ford is a third down back um, he's the same thing is a, a change of pace guy when you have guys like kavon lee and Keziah holmes that's you know that's a, there's some talent there and then you mix that in with with noah kane and there aren't enough carries to go around now there could be some position changes absolutely uh, you know maybe Maybe he goes, one of them goes to the defensive side of the ball. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think anything is really possible at this point in the offseason. And and it'll be interesting to see how Franklin, how Franklin does this. Because uh, Coach Franklin, you know, in the past, you know, when you have Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders, you know there's a pecking order. But right now, you have a three-headed three headed race between Kane, Ford, and Lee going into 2021 spring ball. And, and there's going to be an odd man out. You know, you look at guys, and and then you have Holmes in the background as well, and then you have a Lovett, who's I'm I'm sure not transferring to Penn State because he wants to just wear the blue and white, but he's going to want to crack the lineup too. So it'd be very interesting to see how this plays out the rest of the off season. I do think that that four would be eligible to transfer, not necessarily eligible, but he would be the guy that would transfer. You know, you you just look at it on paper, you know hasn't really lit the world on fire in a Penn State uniform, hasn't really been given a lot of opportunities, but what he was, they just didn't kind of come to fruition. Kevon Lee, um, unless he's going to somewhere bigger, I don't think that he's going to go anywhere. Um, And I think the only places that would probably be bigger than Penn State at this point would be in Ohio State, in Alabama, or Clemson, as far as that type of talent. I'm not saying that Penn State is in that echelon, talent wise yet but that would be the only step above going to to one of those teams so it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out the rest of the offseason and i think you know it, with james franklin being active in the tour- transfer portal It'll be very interesting to see how it continues uh, to play itself out before spring ball and even after spring ball because once you get to spring ball and you see the reps and who's getting them and who isn't, then that's going to be a very big indicator of who's going to be there and who's not going to be there come uh, fall camp time. But anything is possible as, as much as we've learned that from 2020, so I would expect to see something come up there either between Uh, now and and when they return to to campus or, or even after spring ball that we find out what's going on in the running backs room moving forward and who they're going to be operating with in the fall. Subpar by James Franklin standards, subpar by Penn State standards, and really wasn't anything to write home about. Yeah, there are some guys that I think could be factors down the road, none that will really be a complete immediate impact, but Penn State is made up for that in the transfer portal. However, looking ahead to 2022, the Nittany Lions have already made an incredible impact in, in that cycle, having number the number two ranked class nationally as well as number two ranked in the Big Ten and you, ha- you might ask why that is well because Ohio State is the only team in front of them for the 2022 cycle already um so when you're competing against them obviously there are a lot of issues but it is what it is so it, it's funny to kind of see how that how that is but you looking ahead it um at the 2022 uh cycle they just got a four star pennsylvania native they're finally hitting pennsylvania hard and i think you know as as a high school football coach and this is no disrespect to to anybody that has played um in high uh, at the high school game in this class but in the 2021 class but it was a very peculiar year and it really just wasn't terribly strong with the type of blue chip talent that we're used to seeing from penn from pennsylvania in general uh and penn state didn't really do a great job of keeping those talents um NPA, but at the same time, when you look at their roster, it's very easy to say, see why. They had 30 freshmen um, that are going to be freshmen again next year, and they only lost 12, 14 guys. And when you do that, you know, you really don't need a lot of guys. Um, So you you run into that that numbers issue uh, once again. But they just got Makai Flowers, um, who's a four star out of Steel, Steelton High Spire in Harrisburg. And this kid, I think, is going to be a stud. Uh, He's 121st nationally, 15th in his position group. Um, he's going to be a special athlete. He was one of the players of the year uh, in his classification. And I think this kid has the opportunity to play on both sides of the football um, when he gets to campus. But it's going to be very interesting to see you know, how he continues to develop and how his senior year goes because he's still going into it. He's, he will still have a senior year. Um, and, and I think if you have the opportunity to go see him, Uh, I think he's going to be well worth the price of admission if fans are allowed at that point. And then you look at at also the rest of the class. You have Caden Saunders out of Westerville, Ohio, wide receiver, four-star, 18th in his position group. Then you have Drew Shelton, Downingtown West, uh, Downingtown, PA, offensive tackle. You have Ken Talley out of Philly, um, defensive end. Anthony Ivey, receiver, four star uh, out of Lancaster, PA, Manheim Township. He's a receiver. Holden stays, tight end. Um, Jerry Cross, tight end oh, out of uh, Wisconsin. And then Bo, Bo Prabola, who was a 6A, um, one of the 6A players of the year for Central York. And he put on a clinic uh, for, for Central York this year uh, in the state playoffs. And he's a dual threat quarterback. Uh, and, and I think he's going to be an intriguing option as well. And he is the lowest ranked of those guys. But you have an opportunity with Perbola and Ivy, Tally, Shelton, and Mackay Flowers, where these guys are all top 10 prospects in Pennsylvania. And Penn State's landed them already. So I think that's huge. And obviously, it's far from done. There are only eight commits so far. And it's still really early in the process with, with Flowers committing on, on New Year's Day. Um, you know, I think there's a very big opportunity for them to to continue to make an impact in this class. Um, you look at, at some of the guys that they're targeting as well. You have Gov- Gunnar Givens, uh, who's an offensive tackle out of Virginia. You have Inai White out of Emetep Institute in Philly, who's a defensive end and that's a position of weakness for the Nittany Lions right now. Now, obviously, it's not nearly as immediate that they will help. Then you have uh, Tyler Booker as well as an offensive tackle at IMG Academy in Bradenton. And then Danny Dennis-Sutton, I think, is an intriguing guy at at defensive end out of Owings Mills, Maryland, where Penn State, um, in the Maryland market, has really done a good job uh, in um, in Franklin's tenure with the Nittany Lions. Now, Dennis Sutton is... Is getting recruited by Alabama, Michigan, Ohio, or Oklahoma, and and Tennessee. So, you know, you look at guys like that and and those are the guys that Penn State needs to go out and get. If you're gonna compete at the national level, you've gotta be able to out recruit and and get these guys to to Happy Valley, to Penn State where you can develop them and, and put it on the field if you want to beat the Alabamas and, and get back to that, that college football playoff talk that wasn't really so far off. And I think that's ex- that's what they need um, you know moving forward. If they're able to do that, then it's going to just put them in that upper tier, the Big Ten, that they need to be at. They need to be out. They need to be getting guys that, re- that Ohio State's recruiting. They can't be losing Pennsylvania guys or East Coast guys to, to Ohio State or Michigan or any other team in the Big Ten for that matter. And then when that happens, then you see years like this year. Now, this year I think is an anomaly. I don't think it's fair to judge uh, any team by what they've done this year, and and rightfully so. There are a lot of extenuating circumstances, Penn State with their coaching staff turnovers. But that's also played into recruiting to an extent. You look at the wide receiver position. You know, this is with, with Stubblefield, with Taylor Stubblefield, This is the first time in, I think, about three or four years where there's been uh, a wide receiver coach that stayed there for more than one year. Corley, out. Jared Parker, out. Now you have Stubblefield, and he looks like he's going to be there um, for the foreseeable future, and that is huge. When you have stability at an important skill position like that, it just speaks volumes. You look at the offense uh, for the Nittany Lions, and the stability that they've had, it's been at the running back position with Cider and Huff. And it lo- and you look at the tight end position with Bowen, and what Tyler Bowen has done with those guys has been huge. And then you look at, obviously, Franklin. You look at Sharaka, and that's, uh, it is what it is, you know, with this being his first year. And then now you look at, at Phil Troutwine uh, with the offensive line. Yeah, they brought in some talent, but it was really never developed along the offensive front. Um, Penn State had that, didn't have any issues with under Sean Spencer. Now he's with the Giants and now it's John Scott Jr. Now at the cornerbacks position and your safeties, you have Tim Banks and, um, and Terry Smith. And then you also have Brent Pryde with the linebackers. And there have been positions where you're bringing in talent. It's just, you have to develop them and, and they're going to bring in talent. You know, the Penn State brand, the Penn State name goes a long way when it comes to college recruiting. And I think it's important to note that, you know, even if you look at Penn State and, and I grew up forty five minutes away in Altoona, still live in Altoona today, but you look at you you take a drive in any direction to to Penn State and you drive up ninety nine or come up, you know, three twenty two or wherever you come and and you're in the middle of nowhere, you just see mountains, 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 boom, Beaver Stadium. Penn State, and then you go mountains, 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 prison, mountains, mountains, mountains. And, and James Franklin is, isn't wrong when he says Penn State is in the middle of nowhere. It's very hard to get to. So the way that recruiting is this year, you know, it, you expect it to, for the 2021 cycle to not be the greatest. But 2022 is, you know, it, even with these kids not being able to get onto campus officially – you see that Penn State still has that allure despite being in the middle of nowhere, being tricky to get to and it'll be very interesting to see how Franklin continues to fill this class out because as of right now he's having he and and the rest of the program are having a great deal of success so as long as they're able to keep building on that success for 2022 and keep those guys committed even despite the, the lack of success they had on the field this year, I think, is speaking volumes to the direction of the program moving forward and the direction of the recruiting class heading into the 2022 um, cycle coming up here the rest of the way through the recruiting cycle. But until then, this has been the We Are podcast on DK Sports Radio and your host, Jared Prugar. I hope you have a great week and look forward to speaking with you again soon.